Hey everybody, this is Joe, your Dungeon Master. I wanted to tell you that in this episode, we've got a little bit extra for you. We've got some background music and some ambiance that you might not have heard in some of the other episodes. Uh, we want to thank our good friend Jacob Pretty for putting this together for us. Um, he's been an awesome help and we're looking forward to working with him in the future. If you um, like what you hear, you can get access to all our music on our Patreon page by donating just a dollar a month or more. That's uh, www.patreon.com slash Tavern. Jacob Pretty will have a website up soon. We'll be sure to shout him out and point you in that direction if you want to hear some of his other stuff. All right, enjoy the episode. Last time on You Meet in a Tavern. As you reach the chest, you're about five feet away. You see across the platform behind this pedestal, you see these two hands come up over the platform. And this small leg kind of loops up and this boy pulls himself up the platform. And crawling from his back up to his shoulder is a small, scrawny rat. And you recognize this boy because you just met this boy recently. Uh, It's the boy from the rags that you saw uh, stealing the bread and taught him everything you knew about small theft. And he is wearing one of these metal collars. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I give the kid the key. The boy all of a sudden grabs your arm real tight and shoves the key into the chest. And as the key enters the chest, this wave of energy um, comes out of the chest and crosses the boy's chest uh, in his neck and his collar falls off. And then it passes through his body and up your arm and up to your neck. And with a click, your collar is released as well and falls with a clang to the ground. Tug, you hear a familiar sound of a metal weapon flying through the air. One by one, dozens more figures dressed in rags emerge on either side of you, coming through all the red boulders around the arena, wielding chip blades and makeshift spears and shields. Bree's voice is stern and confident, but you get just the hint of gentleness, even pity. It's over, Karsis. It's time to end this. So, fuck, last we met, a bunch of shit went down. Uh, Durf, why don't we give us, give us a recap real quick? Well, we were fighting in the arena. I enlisted the aid of all three owlbears, who I am now friends with. Um, and basically, the owlbears and I hung out at the bottom of the tower while Tug and Carl climbed up and got their um, thingamajiggers off, their collars off. And um, then I climbed up. My friend uh, from the town, the little, the, the what's his name? I don't even remember his name. Um, I don't think we we gave him a name. 
a guy I met in town, and I never asked his name because I'm an asshole. It uh, <laughs> showed up, and he was the last combatant, and uh, I gave him the key, which uh, would unlock his neck thing, and he grabbed my arm and put the key in, and that actually let us both go. And Carsis was very pissed about that, and I called him chicken shit, and he made all the guards come try to kill us, but then, like, the resistance showed up and uh, killed all the guards, and now we're, you know, about to fucking throw down. Hell yeah, good job. All right, sweet, yep, that's what happened. And Eugene's Uh, back. And Eugene's back. And Eugene's back, that's right. We had a moment when we thought my head was going to get chopped off. (laughs) Yep, Eugene's back. Okay, so yeah, so you had just seen Bree and Simon and Patch, this um, this large uh, dude, come out of the rocks. And around all these rocks are more of these people that you uh, remember from the from Bree's camp. Um, and they, yeah, you have good resistance is a good word for it. They are here to throw down and retake um, their city. So uh, you 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 were so busy looking back at Bree and all these people coming out, and now you hear this incredible animalistic roar that comes from from Carsis, who takes just a running leap from the platform from his pavilion and lands with a crash that shakes the ground beneath your feet and kicks up this cloud of dust and sand. It's like it's like anime as shit. He he like crashes down on the ground with one hand down and one hand up and kind of jerks his head up and looks at you and starts walking and when he, with each step he takes he seems to grow in size and these tendrils of gold lightning through his veins are now stretching across his chest up his neck down his arms and legs just growing with each step um, his big red tail just wildly whips back and forth across the sand, shooting up uh, clouds of dust. And by the short time it takes him to reach to reach uh, the place where the the owl bear was once, he rips the chain off the stake and lifts it high above his head and slings it across his body and down on the ground beside him with a crack. Now Bree and her companions have now stepped and moved in up beside you. Um, and she steps forward and places a hand up for you to stand back. Absolutely not. Wait, did he? Did you say he killed one of my owlbears, or all of them? No, your owlbears are still around you, but um, the chain that held one of the owlbears was still on the ground, and now he wields that. Oh, okay. Um, and he looks at Bree, um, and he says, he just says, No one defies Garces. I say, uh, point of order, I justified you. And we'll continue to do so. Okay, and Bree kind of like puts her arm on your chest and calms you down and puts you back. Um, and her companions kind of lead in beside you and nod at you like, it's okay. Um, she's got this. But they have their weapons drawn just in case. And you watch, you watch as she steps forward towards the massive beast of a man now he's standing about like 20 feet, 25 feet tall and half as wide. And he's just full of this pure electric um, muscle. And then she stops about 10 feet in front of him as he looks down and she's trembling. And, and she looks up um, and she says, she says, uh, it's it's me. 
Carsis again is is this huge tiefling who's got these big old black horns that hang from from the top of his head, um, and he lifts this chain high above his his head as he's about to bring it down, and Bree rushes forward to dodge the blow, um, shutting her eyes as as she wraps her arms around his leg, uh, just weeping, just crying uncontrollably, and she slowly removes her hood and unwraps the silks that have been covering her face and her head. And as the last strand of silk falls over her head, you see a pair of long white horns that curve backwards from the top of her forehead along the sides of her skull. And your memory goes back and you, you realize that you've never seen her head before. You've never seen it because she's always had this cowl and these silks covering the top of her head. And your memory goes back to the tomb when you first entered the red sands and the skeletons that were at the table in this tomb and also those two childlike creatures that had similar horns curved around the top of their head um, and there was rotting flesh on their bones. Bree looks up at Carsis and she looks up and she says, uh, You left us there, Carsis. Left us in that damn tomb. Your twin brothers... You were supposed to look after us, Carsis. You were supposed to protect us. I couldn't save them. I have I have to save you. And he looks down at her, um, and his furious eyes begin to change, and the tendrils of electricity are slowly retreating back towards the center of his chest from his arms and from his neck. And in a voice that sounds a little bit less angry, he says, Nmabia, sister. And the sound he makes is almost ghost-like. From inside this deep, booming voice of a king, you make out the sound of a much more soft-spoken man somewhere in the sound waves, trapped. Carsus shudders, shaking his head back and forth as if fighting with himself, as his form begins to shrink down to his former size. The lightning encompassing his body is now just a flicker behind the dimming purple amulet. His skin begins to fade from a deep red to a more natural shade identical to Breeze, and his rugged black, rough horns begin to curve inwards, changing slowly to dark gray and then a smooth pearl white that matches Breeze. The large chain falls from his hands as he shrinks, and he stumbles forward, falling into her arms. And all around you in the arena, the crowd stirs. You look around and no longer see the blank stares of fear from before. You see the faces of confusion and relief, as if the whole arena just woke up from a horrible dream. All eyes fix themselves on Carsis and Bree. Namabria now. All is silent, except for the gentle whimpers of a brother and sister reunited. They sit there for a moment before Bree releases, wiping tears from her face. And she looks at Carsis and looks down at his chest. And she says, it's, it's all because of this. And she reaches a single hand up across Carsis's chest and wraps her fingers around the wooden amulet. She then yanks hard, but as the chain goes taut around his neck, A curved silver blade erupts from the center of her back. 
Her eyes widen as she falls limp down the hilt of her own boomerang with a stifled cough. The crowd lets out a scream, and Karsus's eyes widen into a golden fury, letting out a hideous laugh that shakes the ground beneath your feet. With every rise and fall of his chest, he grows larger, his skin now a deep burgundy, electricity just coursing through his veins at an incredible speed, crackling off his fingertips and thick tail. His horns grow into black spears, bursting out from the sides of his head and upwards towards the sky. His back buckles and convulses as he lurches forward on all fours, screaming into the ground as his hands and feet mutate into thick black hooves. As he snaps his head forward to look straight at you, you find yourself face to face with a massive, red, electric, and very angry bull. Aaron screams an incoherent battle cry as he rushes past you, scimitars in hand. All right, let's roll initiative. Fuck. Holy right. shit, I might not go last this time. Well, my first was a three. So. Tug is a 21. And a two. So that's, uh, what's three plus three? Six. <laughs> that's with advantage? Yeah. I rolled a three and a two. Brutal. All right. Carl got a 13. Okay. Um, I have to roll a bunch of initiative rolls here. So bear with me for a second. I'm also going to roll for the owl bears as one group. So first up is going to be Aaron, since he rushed in front of you all. And he is basically just a, a ball of fury right now, seeing Bree fall. Um, and just anger emanates from this scream as he rushes forward with the scimitars. Um, and he lifts up and strikes down at Karsus's legs, uh, rolling a 14, which does not hit. As Aaron slices down towards Karsus's legs with these scimitars, Karsus lifts his leg up and kips, kicks him off to the side uh, as he goes um, sliding across the sand. Tug, you're up. Uh, how tall is this monster red bull? <laughs> <laughs> red bull. He is probably about... Uh, I'd say maybe 20 feet from like ground to the top of his horns, essentially. Okay. So I have to how like, big, how big is that hooves? relative to the owl bears? He's like twice as big, about three times as big. The owl bears are only about okay. six feet tall from ground to okay. head. How does holding my action work? So you can choose to do something called ready in action, um, which basically means like you say, if this happens, Tug will do this. Um, or you can simply just pass on your action right now and jump in at any time before your next turn. Um, I will hold my action. Okay, so you're just going to wait. You just let me know when you want to jump into this fight, and I'll let you do that. Sounds good. So, Carl, you're up. I am going to cast a spell. I'm going to okay. cure wound on Tug. I will take my turn after this turn. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Cure Wounds, so go ahead and roll it. All right, so it's 1d8 plus my spellcasting ability modifier. Okay. So that's a d10. <laughs> oh, fuck. Dude. Is that also a d10? Okay, there. <laughs> he rolled, he, for what it's worth, he rolled 10s on both of them. <laughs> this is going to be a 1. How many? It, 
Uh, so it's an eight total. Eight total. Okay, Tug, you regain eight health as Carl runs up next to you and lays a hand on your shoulder. And you want to go ahead and go? Yep. All right. Uh, so I'm going to storm up next to uh, Simon. <laughs> and um, I will use a point of key to uh, use flurry of blows on the large red bull covered in electric. Okay, sweet. Yeah, you run forward. And how does this look as you're doing um, this? I don't know because I'm pretty sure I can only like punch his hooves. <laughs> so I guess I punch his hooves a lot. with with something that's 20 feet tall and i stand at six foot six or or six foot six (laughs) three foot three okay i just doubled that up uh so first punch here we go um an eight (laughs) that does not hit believe it or not nope perfect uh 22 that'll hit um and that is for seven okay seven damage and then last one of my flurry of blows is a um, 19. That will hit as well. Just okay. hit. Just hit. Okay. So he's got pretty high uh, AC here. And that is six. Okay. Nice. So yeah, you um, are these with fists or are you just, you're just using fists, right? Uh, as of right now, I'm just using fists. Okay. So you, you take a leap out at his, um, I guess his front, maybe left leg and are just trying to, to break some kind of bone or do some kind of damage to hamper his, his speed. Um, and you managed to do some damage. Uh, you know, it, it Karsis kind of twitches his left leg and shakes you off. Um, but, um, it, I mean, it hurts a little bit. Us next is going to be, um, Hey Joe, quick question. Yeah. Does, uh, he as a bull have like, um, one of those septum piercing things that you would often no. see, for example, like in a cartoon? No. Like a ring around his nose? No. Correct. Also, to clarify, does is the amulet like still basically hanging around his neck? Like, is that something that we can still see? The yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. So up next is is Simon, um, who is going to uh, run forward as well with this staff and leap from the ground and try to strike this staff across the side of Carsis's face, and he's going to roll a. 14, which does not hit. Um, so he just misses underneath Karsis's face as he raises his his bull head up with a snort. Um, and Simon kind of lands just to the left of, of you, Tug, um, in between his two feet. Up next is Karsis. And what Karsis is going to do is he is going to attempt to um, trample you two, you and Simon uh, Tug, as he kind of like, you know how bulls will like stomp their feet and kick the dust up? That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get ready for a bigger attack. But in the process, he's stomping down at you guys. Uh, He's going to roll a 15. Uh, Simon ends up dodging out of the way to the left just as this hoof just comes pounding down to the ground. Tug, does that hit you? That does not. Okay, so you do the same thing. So you guys both end up uh, dodging and rolling out of the way from these hooves. It is now um, Durf's turn. Uh, okay, so I'm going to, I guess it's a bonus action. I'm going to game plan with the owlbears real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm going to tell, I'm going to, I'm going to hop on Sparky's back, pull up my spear because I'm pretty much out of spells. 
almost out of spells. And I'm going to tell them, uh, all right, boys, here's my plan. Feel free to give me some feedback. Uh, Artemis and Jeff, you guys run up in front of him. Be careful. Kind of slash at his face, but try and keep yourselves in front of him. Keep his attention. And then me and Sparky are going to run around behind him and jump on his back. Um, and like hang on to his haunches, basically try and climb up onto his back and I'm going to try and stab at him with my spear. I don't know if I can do all that like on this turn, but that's, that's my general plan. Um, yeah, on your turn, you can control Sparky and then the other owl bears will kind of understand what to do on their turn. Um, so yeah, you rush forward and you're going to strike up in his chest with your spear. Well, my plan was for Sparky to like jump on his back because he's smaller and just kind of hang on to his back and sort of, okay. I don't think Sparky can jump 20 feet into the air to land on his back. He's 20 feet tall? Yeah. Okay. 25 feet New plan. New plan. Same plan for the other two owlbears. Stay in front of them. Keep them occupied. Uh, I'm going to have Sparky run underneath him. I'm going to thrust upward with leaf leaf tip. Try to stab him in the chest. Okay, sweet. Roll it. What am I roll? Just my attack roll? Yep. Plus your uh, strength. Yeah, it's not going to work. Uh, fucking nine. Okay, so you you speed forward with Sparky, um, getting underneath Carsis's like underbelly as you lift your leaf tip up uh, across his chest and just kind of scrape along the surface as you travel from from head down to um, his balls. Um, it's now uh, it's now Patch's turn, and this is this brute of a man with his big eye patch on his left side. And he's going to run forward, and as he runs forward, his body transforms um, into this massive dog that you recognize from the tavern when you first entered um, Corby. And as this dog, he's going to leap up and attempt to slash at Karsis's eyes. And he rolls a 20, not natural. Uh, so he hits, and he's going to end up doing... Seven damage to Karsis as he slashes at his right eye with his right claw. And um, Karsis lets out this howl and closes one eye uh, and struggles to open it once again. And it's now the Owlbear's turn. And what they're going to do, they're going to do exactly what you said, Durf. They're going to kind of run up in front of it. I try to get it, get Karsis's attention um, just in front. So they, they do that. And... Karsis. I also told him to slash at their fa- at his face. So okay. I was hoping they'd attack. Okay, sure. Yeah, they, they both attack. So the one on the left um, kind of reaches up on two legs and slashes the left side of his cheek, Karsis's cheek, and rolls an 11. Um, and Karsis just kind of shrugs off that blow while that was Jeff. And this is going to be Artemis. Artemis rolls a 15, and Karsis shrugs off that blow as well. And actually, Does I think Sparky what- get a turn too? Sparky gets a turn. But I guess because sure. I, I had originally yeah. thought that we were going to be hanging onto his back. I'll tell him instead, like, uh, to, like, maybe because we're under him already, mm-hmm. to, like, slash at his, like, Achilles and hamstrings, try and fuck up his legs. Yeah, since you ran underneath the underbelly of Karsis, um, he, uh, Sparky is going to slash down as you pass, like, his legs. He's going to slash down at his back left leg. Uh, and rolls a 21, so that'll hit. And he rolls a 10. So he gets 10 damage done to his back legs as Karsis kind of buckles underneath this this blow. Back up to the top of the order, Tug. 
Um, I'm going to kind of do a little change of action here. So Durf is under the under the bull with his owl bears. It's a lot of frontal uh, attacks here. Does the bull have a tail that extends close enough to the ground for me to like reach up and use it to climb up on his back? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's like he's like twenty. He's like twenty feet tall, um, just as long. So yeah, yeah, you could you see the tail kind of swinging down near where Sparky and Dirk Durf are. I've got this uh, this mental plan here to try and use the tail to climb up onto his back and maybe uh, dislodge the um, MacGuffin from his neck. Nice. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll a uh, give me an acrobatics roll or athletics, either one. Okay. Uh, Fifteen. Okay, yeah, you you cling onto his tail as he kind of whips it back and forth. Um, you don't, you're not able to climb up any further, but you do have a firm grasp of it. Um, so maybe you could climb up on your next turn. But you're definitely you're definitely attached to his body. Okay, cool. Okay, that's uh, that's good for me right now. Yep, Carl, you're up. I want I'm gonna kind of um, dodge between the albies that are kind of distracting him in his head and. Try and take Chillrend and lodge it in between in its like front shoulder joint where the his front leg meets his body. Sweet. Okay. So you're you're kind of under him already. Um, so yeah, you're just gonna lift up with Chillrend with your with your sword. Yeah. Go ahead. Twenty five. That'll hit. Nice. Um, and I'm gonna use Divine Smite. Okay. That's gotta be your last spell, right? You've used so many spells. Uh, I've got one more. Okay. This is I've got two left. So this will be. I'll only have one left. Okay. Does my mod- my modifiers affect the extra two d eight? Correct. It's just at the very end. You add your modifier at the very end of everything. Okay. So so twenty. Twenty damage. Nice. Yeah. So with this holy aura, you feel this extra bout of strength as you lift your chill rend up and just get him in some ligaments in between uh, his his shoulder blades. Um, and he lets out a howl at this point. He's hurting. He's not hurting that bad, but that definitely did not feel great. Um, and it's his turn. And so what I'm doing here is I'm just going to combine, just for the sake of time, I'm going to combine Simon Patch and Aaron's attacks all together um, instead of doing them separate. So Carsis is up now, um, and he's got all these, like, all these people around him. Um, you know, there's someone on his tail, there's someone slashing his back legs, someone slashing his front legs. So he's just gonna like a bull, just leap up and down and around and trample all his feet. And I need everyone to make a, um, I need everyone to make a dexterity saving throw, including you, Tug, since you're on there. 18 for Carl. Okay. 10. 10. 11. So, um, yeah, as he does this, Carl, you do manage to save. Uh, you dodge out of the way of his hooves. Um, Tug and Durf and, oh, shit, Aaron, Simon, and Patch all get blasted with these hooves. Actually, Tug, what happens is um, his tail flings to the side, and you let go, and you fly across and hit one of the rocks, one of the big red boulders that are off, about 30 feet off, and you're going to take you're going to take six bludgeoning damage as your head collides with this guy. I have slow fall to reduce falling damage. So this isn't like falling from a height. It's like getting, this is like getting slammed into a wall. Right. 
one day that will be a useful thing that I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, Durf, you get stomped by his hooves, so you're gonna take um you're gonna take eleven points of damage. Ugh. As he gets you real good, you fall <laughs> off Sparky. Um oh I guess the owl bears get to save too. Everyone's getting fucked here. Owl bears roll a natural one. Um so <laughs> oh, no. they're all gonna get blasted with uh eleven points of damage. Um, yeah, he's just trampling all these motherfuckers. Simon Patch and Aaron, they get hit with 15 points of damage each. Um, everybody is getting just smashed here. Um, and, uh, Simon and Patch look all right. I'm sorry, Aaron and Patch look all right. Simon is a little worse for wear. He kind of falls. He's not dead, but he is heaving with pain and uh, blood is starting to, show uh from like his back and arm area and as he does this as Carsis does this he tramples everyone and as you get hit with this he starts to charge off and gets about 30 feet away and turns back around towards the group and now it's simon patch and aaron's turn um and they are going to rush at Carsis once again kind of teaming up in this like trio kind of like a like ducks fly together like flying v (laughs) and simon is going to go first he's kind of in the middle at the front and he takes his fists and punches it down towards the sand in front of him and this big wave of sand uh falls over carsis's face and and carsis is able to just close his eyes and lower his head and just stands there and buckles himself as this wave of sand rushes over him, um, and he shakes his head, and the sand falls free and to no effect. And as this is happening, Aaron and Patch, who are on either side, Patch is still in dog form. They are basically going to try to leap up at Carsis's face, and Patch is going to strike with his teeth, and Aaron is going to strike with his scimitars. And let's see what they do together. Oh, and they hit. So they are both, let's see, Aaron and Patch together are going to do... They do 16 damage to him as the scimitars slash against Karsus's left cheek and Patch gets a good bite out of uh, Karsus's ear on the right side. Durf, you're up. Uh, okay, so I'm still kind of in the shit. Uh, we're in the <laughs> sort of mangled remains of everybody who just got trampled 30 mm-hmm. feet away from where he is now. Right. I am going to... Let me see what the range of healing word is. Healing word is 60 feet. So I'm about 30 feet away from Simon as well. Right. I'm actually going to move 20 feet away because I'm hurt pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be 50 feet away. And I will use healing word on Simon. Simon's the one who was hurt, right? Yeah, they they all kind of got up and rushed towards Karsis. All three of them. Right. But I'm just saying he's the one who is sort of like. Oh, you can heal word for 50 feet away? Yeah, healing word is a distance spell and it's not as good as healing touch, which is a touch spell. So you, you can cast that 50 feet away? Yeah, it's 60 feet range. Nice. Okay. yeah, go ahead. So, he, uh, so it's uh, 1d4 plus 6. Uh, 7. Okay, nice. Uh, <laughs> I've rolled a 1 like 75% of the time on this 1d4. It's cursed. <laughs> Get a new one. 
Yeah, so he regains um, he regains seven hit points, and he looks a lot better. He looks a lot better, so nice job. Um, up next is the Owl Bears, who you didn't really direct on your last turn, so I'm going to say they're terrified. They just got trampled, all three of them, um, and they're kind of like, fuck this, and they run off in separate directions uh, back across behind the rocks because they don't want any fucking part of this. Tug, you're up. I'm going to um, continue with my originally slated plan of climbing the tail. Okay. So you're just about 30 feet from his head. It's going to take a little bit longer to get to the tail. Um, I will I will still elect to put myself in a position where um, I can do that. Okay. Yeah, so you, you can dash forward. Yeah, why don't you do that? So you... You want to dash? That'll put yeah, you right. Behind. Obviously, I won't. I won't put him through. Um, I won't put myself in a position where he can, you know, get an attack right. of opportunity on me. But right, uh, yeah, get get to his back end there. Okay, yeah, you dash. You use your monk speed to just dash forward as a cloud of dusk falls behind your feet, um, and you get underneath him and slide to prepare to jump up into his onto his tail again. Carl, for our for our beautiful listeners out there, uh, for what it's worth, when Tug runs, it's very much so an anime run. Lean forward, arms locked out, straight back behind him, <laughs> spinning like no legs. <laughs> yep, exactly right. <laughs> okay, like like chest horizontal to the ground. I just feel like that's a visual visual our listeners need. I like it. So I like it. Continue. Uh, I'm going to rush forward to uh, kind of join uh, Simon Patch and Aaron like in the front of his face and try and strike out at his neck with Chilrend and attempt to uh, cut the chain or cord of the amulet. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, just roll a strength, normal strength throw. Twelve. Twelve. Oh, damn. Nope. No, you reach up and you, your blade just, it's so close. You're about inches from this, this necklace's, um, band across his neck uh but as you do this Carsa sees what you're doing and lifts his neck up at the last minute before you're able to slice it through and it's now his turn um and let's see Durf, you're still way back there right yeah you're the only person kind of like away from his body he's gonna look straight at you Durf, and he's gonna open his mouth and this breath of electricity that comes from his stomach uh, travels up his chest and through his body, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, good. Constitution. My best stat. Ten. Okay. Um, so this bolt of lightning flies out from his mouth, and you get struck square in the chest with it, and you take... Oops. You take uh, 12 points of damage... Okay, I am dead. And you are okay. You're on the ground, prone, and you are also stunned until the next turn. So I guess that doesn't really matter. <laughs> death, is, <laughs> death is a bit worse than being stunned. Yeah. So okay, nice. You're um, stunned forever. <laughs> All right, Durf, you need to make a uh, death saving throw. <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> Sixteen. Okay, nice. Yeah, so you save. All right, next up is Aaron, Simon, and Patch. And Simon's going to join the fray uh, right underneath Karsis's head as he swings up with his staff, tries to clobber him in the lower jaw, um, while Aaron and Patch are still kind of clinging onto his face, slashing down, uh, trying to get blind him or any kind of damage to the face area. 
uh, and they roll a seven collectively. So God, they are a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty bad. I imagine them just kind of like, um, like sticking to the side of his body, just like hitting him repeatedly against like the people skin. that wear those suits with Velcro and like jump off a trampoline and <laughs> hit those walls. Yeah, just just doing really no damage whatsoever. Uh, Tug, you're up. And you are in the back right underneath his tail. Yep, climbing that tail. Or that's my attempt anyways. Yep, acrobatics. 15 again. Uh, Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, you do the same thing. You climb up, you leap up and manage to uh, grab on to the edge of his tail where it kind of comes to a point and you're hanging on. And uh, Carl, you're up. Uh, Seeing as how I'm right in front of him, I'm going to run from the his face basically all the way underneath him through the end uh-huh. uh, with children above my head, just kind of trying to make a long gash along his underbelly. Okay, nice. You want to use Divine's Mind or anything? Well, I guess you roll first. Yeah, I roll first. And I roll a natural 20. Fuck. Yep. So, That'll yeah, I'm going to use my last uh, last spell slot to use Divine's Might. Mm-hmm. So that's... And it's double rolls, right? Uh, yes. So you roll double everything. So two, four, twelve. Then you add your modifier at the end. Right. Plus another twelve, twenty-four, twenty-nine, plus four, thirty-three. Okay. Uh, yeah, you do exactly that. You lift Chillrend up and create this long gash. And as the skin parts across this gash, um, blood doesn't come out. You see this like solid gold lightning spark out from from underneath this cut as if like his insides are all solid gold as you're making cuts into his skin. He does not. um, He's bloodied. He does not like that hit whatsoever. And he lets out this scream of pain. um, And as he does this sparks and and energy just flies off of his skin um and i need everyone to make another dexterity saving throw everyone that's in his reach 23 for tug okay 11 for carl okay uh carl you get blasted with a bolt of lightning um and you take eight points of damage okay um, car, uh, tug, you end up being able to like, as this tail is swinging from left to right, you're able to move your body away from these bolts of lightning that are flying off of his skin. Um, Simon patch and Aaron, uh, get hit with a blast (laughs) of energy, each taking nine points of damage. Um, and they fly off of him in, uh, in like a wisp of black smoke as they get blasted with this this lightning bolt and fall flat on the ground and they all look in real bad shape, but not dead. Okay. Durf. Durf. Who's get away from the fray. So he won't get killed. Plan worked out. Perfectly. (laughs) Rolls a six. That's a fail. One, one success, one fail. Tug, you're I'm sorry. Simon patch and, and Aaron are up. Um, Patch is actually going to run over to Simon and lay a hand on him uh, as Simon heals for five damage. Durf can't get a fucking assist over here. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one of my owlbears can come do a medicine check on me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and Aaron's going to rush forward and slash down at uh, Akarsis's legs with his scimitars. Uh, hey, it rolls a 21. So he does some damage finally. And he does a total of four damage to Karsis. Um, and as he slashes his legs, again, big openings, big cuts um, slide his skin apart. And underneath is just like solid gold. Tug. I will. Now that I'm on the tail, I think I finally have an opportunity to climb to his back and get to the necklace, I assume. Yeah, that's within your speed. Yep. So um, is this acrobatics again or? Um, no, you're just running across his body. Uh, you, what do you want to do with this necklace? Um, I'm assuming it's enlarged itself to his body size. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's stretched around his thick bull neck. I'm going to try and actually just kind of get it up on my shoulders as if it's also around my neck uh-huh. and see if that causes any reaction before I just cut this thing off. Okay. Um, as you reach out to grab this amulet, you put it around this neck. Um, the only thing that happens is your hand burns real fucking bad because you're touching this thing. Um, but no, nothing else really happens. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, I will grab onto his bull hair or whatever he's got and just start laying in haymakers into his neck, I guess. Well, what? Since oh, okay. My, so, since my hands ignite on fire when I touch the necklace. Oh, well, that it just hurts. It's not like you, it's not like you're going to take any damage from it. Okay. I guess a better question is is the necklace like knotted or is it like a chain? Um, it is, is it like a rope? That's a good question. Um, it's a rope. It is like threaded. It is a very simple, plain wooden amulet with a, a simple um, thread that doesn't really actually look too thick now that you get real close. Is the knot like on the top of his neck? So It's I can, pretty much like- a straight thread. It's not really knotted anywhere. It's just one long, continuous string. Okay, I will use the tusk that I grabbed earlier and try and uh, chip away at these strands so I don't have to touch it with my hands, but I can oh, maybe like de-thread it or a little bit. So the tusk from the orc that you had? You Sweet. got it. Um, I need just do, it's just a plain item, so just do a normal uh, strength attack roll. Oh, yippee, I have tons of that. <laughs> <clears throat> That is a one, but I will re-roll it due to luck. (laughs) 16. 16. Okay, with a 16, um, I think you managed to cut the necklace with this tusk. Um, You you stab the tusk through this necklace down into his neck, and the necklace snaps and falls to the ground. And as the necklace falls to the ground... Um, so does Karsis. Um, he falls to the ground as this uh, this electric energy kind of fades from his body, um, and his body begins to transform again as you're kind of like sitting on top of him, Tug, um, and he starts to shrink in size, and his back crunches and convulses back into um, this, it kind of straightens out as his hooves transform to hands, um, and he his skin changes from a deep red to kind of like a natural skin color like breeze. Um, and his horns curve back inward. Uh, they don't point straight up. They kind of curve around his head and change from a black back to a white. Um, and he is 
done. He is laying uh, face flat on the ground um, as the crowd lets out an immense cheer. Thanks for listening to episode 14. Hope you're enjoying it. I know this pause is coming a little bit late in the game, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't interrupt any of the previous action going on. few updates for the show. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for being listeners, and thank you for all the support you've given us. Uh, this show has gone like beyond what we thought it would ever become. So, so thank you guys so much for tuning in and continuing to be so awesome. We've got a couple things coming up. They're going to be in the Arcane Tower here pretty soon. So we are still taking brewery and fishery shop suggestions. If you've got those, um, you can either tweet at us on Twitter at YMIA Tavern, or you can go onto our Reddit, www.reddit.com slash r slash YMIA Tavern. In addition to those suggestions, we are going to be doing a uh, live on Twitch Q&A session. So if you've got some questions for the guys or for me, Um, just about the show or not about the show, anything you want to ask us, tune in on August 28th. That's Monday, Monday, August 28th. We're going to do it at about 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, if you've got questions beforehand or during it, be sure to let us know. I want to give a very special shout out to our top level patrons. These are people that donate to our show uh, $15 or more. They get a shout out here in the middle of the episode and also a future NPC will be named after them. So thanks a bunch. Jacob Torres, Andre K, Michael Kenitzer, and Jason Ford. Thank you guys a bunch. Um, if you want to support the show, you could either get your name mentioned here in NPC. If you want to get mentioned at the end of the episode, all patrons also get access to all the music and uh, background ambiance that you hear in the episodes. Go on to patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. Even a dollar a month uh, really helps us to grow and to do cool things like hire out for music or hire out for maps that we're going to be doing. Um, anything that's going to help us to make this show better and make the, the listener experience um, even more awesome than it is. Okay, I've talked a lot about our show, uh, but here's a little promo pause for you. A show that I've been listening to a lot, another D&D actual play. It's called Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. And this is a little bit different because it's a dad who plays with one of his friends who always plays this uh, guy named Dave, cleric named Dave. But he also plays with his two young daughters. I think they're like eight and nine. Uh, they're super young, but it's it's adorable to listen to them interact with each other and just a different kind of thing that you wouldn't expect to get from actual play podcasts so uh, i i highly suggest you check those the um check that podcast out dungeons and dragons and daughters it's a riot 
All right, that's enough for me for the promo pause. Enjoy the rest of episode 14. Episode 15 will be going out in a couple weeks. And don't forget to mark your calendars for August 28th for our live Q&A on Twitch. We'll have links up on Facebook and Twitter and all that for you guys to check it out. Okay, see you guys later. Bye. up the amulet and puts it on okay all right you you take the amulet and um you place it close to your chest and you black out power move (laughs) (laughs) like previous people before when they have touched these amulet uh you black out and a vision appears and the vision is of a cloaked woman traveling alone through the desert you recognize this woman from the wooden statue when you first entered the red sands it's sabatha but before she came a, became a priest, she doesn't wear priest robes. The vision fades in and out a few times as you see different scenes of her walking through the terrain of the desert, through vast flatlands and rolling sand dunes. Eventually, she approaches a pass through a series of high, rocky cliffs when you hear the screaming of a woman and child coming from the entrance. She peers inside, hiding behind a large rock to see that a group of men have ambushed a family traveling through the pass. The father lays motionless in a pool of blood while the men pull and rip at the woman's clothes. From behind the rock, you see Sabatha shaking, hesitating as she decides what to do. As the woman's cries for help echo through the cavern walls, Sabatha turns away and runs back from where she came, weeping into her hands. She has made her decision. The vision fades and we see her once again in the terrain of the Red Sands, a dust storm approaching quickly behind her as she runs. Pretty soon it overwhelms her as she is battered and beaten by flying clouds of dirt, rocks, and sand. The scene fades in and out. She's crawling now. She's been without food or water for days. She's dying. Nearly blind, Her hands hit something hard as she finds herself in front of a large cliff. She stumbles forward and around as quick as she can, using the cliffside as a shield from the harsh, sandy winds. Her dry eyes crack open and she takes in her surroundings as the storm rages on around her. A trail of dried blood leaves several feet in front of her to the motionless body of a woman she recognizes immediately. A woman from the past. And Sabbatha weeps. With shaking hands, she cradles the woman in her arms, screaming to the heavens with the last drip of energy she has. She reaches out to hold the hand of the woman. This is it. This is where she meets her end. A worthy death. As their fingers cross, Sabatha feels something hard in her palm, and she pulls a long string up to her face, ending in a large wooden pendant.
and the vision fades once again into blackness and back into Sabbath's face now in priest robes um, in, in the visage that you kind of remember from the statue that you saw. And she opens her mouth and she says, And rise we did from ash and sin to protect the weak and act for him. For the world had gone dark, the good were the few, when mankind turned away from the gods that they knew. And you fall back into consciousness. And as you look down at your hand tug, you notice that this thin black line um, on top of it has now formed an arrow pointing down. Okay. All right. Um, How long was I out? Uh, To everyone else, just a couple seconds. At this point, like Simon and Patch um, and Aaron are helping you to your feet. And uh, Carl has, has, well, I don't know. What what would Carl do? Carl would go and check on dirt. That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like they're all helping Tug. I need to go make sure Durf is... Okay. Not, not dead. Dirt, not Dirt dead, dead. celebrates deadly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carl, you want to cast anything or just check on him? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got a healing potion. Okay, I'm gonna drop it down his gullet. All right, you pop up Durf with uh, what's a two d four plus two? Two d four plus two. Yep. Roll it. A four. Ha! Regressing to the mean. Another four. Sweet. Oh, wow. Uh, so right. ten. Okay, yeah, you you regain, you you chug this healing potion. Well, Carl kind of forces it down your throat, um, and you cough out a little blood as you uh, you rise with ten hit points, believe it or not. Nice. At this point, Aaron rushes over to where Bree is, and his arms wrap around her body as he listens at her chest for a breath and doesn't hear anything. So he lowers his head for a few seconds, um, just totally distraught. This this girl who he raised since she was really young um, is gone. And you give him a moment of silence and the crowd is silent. And then he gets up and he faces the crowd with a new look on his face. And he says, he says, People of Corbay, no longer must you suffer under the power of this false king? And he points down at Carsus. No longer will you live in fear. The spell is broken, but Corbai has suffered, and there is much to do. Help us rebuild this city to its former glory. Help us create a city even greater than the last. Trade will be open. Your homes and businesses rebuilt. The waters of the silent peaks will flow through the canals once again. Corbai! And the cl- the crowd just erupts in a chanting of Corbai! 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 As this is happening, he motions to some of his camp people and they pick up Carsis and pull him forcefully out of the arena. All right, guys, bring it in. I got, I got, I got a story to tell. I got a yarn to spin. And um, while, ever, while the people are reveling in how amazing we are, I tell them about the vision I had. Now, follow up question: Does the, um, does the amulet 
um, hurt my skin because I did throw it on without even no, considering that. No, not anymore. That. No, the pain has subsided. Up until that point, I had. Yep. Okay. Um, then I will definitely be the keeper of the amulet for now. Um, so let it, let it be known. But also, I tell the story um, of uh, the vision of Sabatha and kind of uh, her the segmented visions I saw of her. Explain that out. Give a couple uh, couple cheers, a couple waves to the crowd, a couple finger guns and winks, <laughs> making sure they know that uh, it's all for them. Sidebar, what happened to the kid and Eugene? I was wondering the same thing. I just assumed they kind of crept off. Yeah, they definitely just kind of skidded. Well, Eugene was still with Durf, but uh, yeah. The- he, he's giving me CPR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I imagine the kid probably just skedaddled out of there. Um, maybe he was protected by the the group of camp people that were kind of hiding amongst the rocks who also were kind of like staying the fuck out of this fight. Um, so, yeah, see, so he went to go join them. And now they kind of emerge from the rocks um, and, and join in the fray. Uh, Durf is going to look around and make sure his uh, owlbear friends don't go berserk and do anything crazy. Okay. Uh, he's going to rally those guys back up. Because they're dangerous, massive animals. (laughs) Yeah, I think they peek their heads out from the rocks around you, Derv, and you kind of look at them and say, hey, hey, man, it's cool. Chill out, chill out, as they're, like, licking their lips. That was some pretty weak shit you guys did when you ran off, but it's okay, and I scratch them on the head. (laughs) (laughs) They apologize with their eyes. So now what? So you guys want to go grab a beer? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely need a beer. At this point... Uh, Aaron, after giving his speech, comes over to you. He's basically he puts his hand kind of on your shoulder and he says, um, "You you did you did the right thing. Tell me, is there anything we can do to repay you?" All right, look, I got tons of gold taken from me. I need that back. There's a lot of cool stuff I need to buy. That's number one. Number two, me and my bros need beers. Number three, maybe. A place to stay. Maybe we can rinse off and shower. I know your sand dune tent village. Super cool. Loved it. Uh, there's a little bit more infrastructure here. You know, kind of shit, shower, shave, that whole thing. Wouldn't mind hitting one of those. Um, you tell me, boss. Are right, like, what's uh, what, what are the, what are our capabilities here? He says. Um, he says. Uh, my men have taken control of the dungeons. Anything that was taken from you, you can probably find down there. Now remember, anything you take from the dungeons, you are taking from this city. So no need to be selfish. Okay, shotgun on the dead people stuff. And um, he he calls over one of these camp people. Um, it's like a like an older teenage boy, um, maybe like black hair, freckled face, and he he whispers into his ear to take take you guys down to the dungeons where all the all the the uh, extra loot was was held. And um, he does just that. He leads you down into the dungeons and you come to a room uh, and it's got a few different uh, big wooden chests along, along the walls. Uh, yeah, let's, let's take a look, snap my fingers and do like the over the shoulder wave. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look through, at least get my gold back. Okay. I'm at least going to get my gold back and maybe a little bit more if it's possible. And the other two of you? I'll take I'm a just, look. Well, I guess I'll get my 80 gold back. So you guys open these chests, you open these chests, um, and in the chests of the dungeons, you find about, uh, you find about 12,000 gold pieces. Shotgun. I'm just going to take my 80, 
We're friends. You, you know, they need this money. They're poor and stuff. I take my 80 back. In fact, I don't even take my 80 back. Nice. Okay. Carl, Tug. I'm going to wait to see what the Paladin does because I'm going to take quite, quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> I came with no gold. I'll leave with no gold. Cool. How much is it? 12K? Yeah. I only need like nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you, are I you like doing this take. like in front of them? Do they see you do this? Uh, <laughs> hold on. I've got skills. Um, I will try and sleight of hand. I will take, I will take the gold I came with in front of them. Like, yeah, I came here. I think I had like you had about 1500 yeah. or two, 2000, something yeah. like that. And I'm going to try and just sleight of hand. As much as I Another can. Another seven. <laughs> a cool seven. Okay, roll it. Here we go. That is a 16. Uh, I'd say you probably get another... Mm, probably another five from that you managed. 7,000 is a lot of gold. It's going to be pretty hard to slide a hand. A big old pouch of 7,000 gold pieces clinking around. So I'd say I'd say as they turn to leave um, and they, they like pat each other on the back for doing a good thing. You like quickly run back and take seven or 5,000 more gold pieces. So you've got about seven, seven G's. That is, that is sufficient. I will stay with that. All right. You're welcome for your city back. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. And then they take you back outside, uh, the arena where Simon patch and Aaron are waiting in front of a crowd of people that are still cheering Corby, Corby, Corby. After party at Simon's, let's roll. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah. The whole city kind of spreads out and starts, um, you know, getting back to their normal day-to-day day life, uh, what they didn't have for so long. Um, I think maybe, like, parents and kids are reunited. They were under some sort of strange spell where they forgot who each other were, um, and the city is just in an uproar about change and making things better. Um, And a large group of them go back to the desert rose in the racks and the drinks are on the house for everyone. Uh, Simon, the the beer and the ale and the wine is just flowing um, all night long. All night. All night long. (laughs) Okay. uh, Sometime during the party, you catch a glimpse of Aaron and he's sitting in the corner looking a little somber, just staring into his own goblet that he's been drinking. And you you approach him and strike up casual conversation. um, And he tells you uh, what has been going on and apologizes for kind of keeping you guys out of the loop about this whole arena thing and kind of setting you up. Um, the the resistance had been a plan in the making. Um, he and and uh, Simon and Patch, Aaron and Simon and Patch, were actually three members of the old Grey Guard, um, and they fought in the first Redemption Pit when Carsis came to power, and they had to essentially kill their fellow Guard members in order to survive and be set free. Um, and Aaron decided that the city was not for him and he had to get out of there. Uh, but he promised Simon and patch that he would return one day with an army and, and take over, uh, um, the city once again from Carsis. And that's where he found, uh, Bree who was kind of roaming the desert as a child. Um, just a, a young girl, the, the younger, uh, sibling of Carsis. He, he raised her as his own daughter, 
um, where she lived in the camp for many, many years. And she told him the truth of Carsis and her little brothers who were stuck down in that tomb. Um, and together they kind of got working on how they would return to Corby. Uh, but they knew they needed some sort of distraction. And when you guys kind of fell into their lap, they um, whispered to each other and and decided that this was the perfect opportunity, that they would they saw something in you three um, and knew that if you guys could get into that arena and piss off Carsis and and win and do something spectacular, that uh, they would have a, a way to enter the city um, when while that was going on. And uh, that distraction was just what they needed to um, to enact their their massive plan. And you guys did it. You you did exactly what you were supposed to, uh, to be able to help them take back their city and finally defeat Carsis. We did it. We the best. Nice. Yep. And everybody left with a little bit of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. give another special shout out to our five dollar patrons vitaly vasilyuk austin alba david ginsburg from the Fa- tales from the fandom podcast connor breeden joe quickle from the dad DD podcast justin jimenez kevin mccluskey and adam hoffling thanks so much guys once again if you want to support our show even a dollar a month gets you some cool rewards and really helps us grow patreon.com slash ymia tavern